This is Leah Burkhart, and you're listening to Check Yourself, brought to you by the Community Health Education Center at Salem Health Hospital. A little bit of housekeeping before we launch into today's conversation. First, we reference programming we have here at the Community Health Education Center. The primary one we talk about is our holistic weight management program. If, as you listen, you're interested in hearing more and or potentially even want to join, you can register for the class at www.salemhealth.org check. There is a caveat here. Much of our programming can be accessed from anywhere as it is almost entirely virtual at this point. But the holistic weight management program does require you to be willing to come in and get your biometrics taken. That means having to come into the check and get a blood lipid panel done. It takes about 15 minutes from start to finish, and it's not a terribly invasive process. We basically prick your finger and take a small sample of your blood, run it through our cholesterol machines, and within 15 minutes we have your results. Easy peasy. But it's probably not something you want to commit to if you lived really far away. So just putting that out there, you probably, if are interested in the program, want to make sure that you're local. If you have any questions about the program, whether you're local or not, want to join or not, please feel free to reach out to my email at leah, L-E-A-H, dot Burkhart, B-U-R-K-H-A-R-T, at SalemHealth.org, or you can call us at 503-814-2432. Having said that, I'm very pleased to introduce you to Andrea Schaum. Andrea is a health educator at The Check. Her journey began with a background in music and psychology. In the episode, we talk about the idea of starting fresh in a new year. It's worth noting that this episode was recorded before the DC riots. So if you're maybe a little perplexed by the levity and, um, I don't know, optimism of of our conversation, That's part of it. Uh, Any heaviness we might otherwise have touched upon were not avoided. It's just we hadn't been recording the episode at the time that some of the harder things were happening. We also discussed the benefits of creating intentions and resolutions, regardless of what time of year you're doing it. We touch on the importance of stress management. We also speak a little to the concept of high sensitivity, a topic we'll be doing a deep dive into in a later episode. So if you're intrigued by that idea, please keep listening. The bulk of our time, though, is spent on the topic of weight management. We cover the controversy around weight as it relates to health and the varying viewpoints that exist in the health arena. We talk about what it looks like to stand at the intersection of loving your body as it is while still engaging in behaviors that are associated with weight management. And we grapple with the challenge of holding a space for the fact that while weight loss does appear to yield tangible benefits for health, it's not as simple as perhaps we have been made to believe it is. I do hope you enjoy the episode. It's a tough topic to cover and a contentious one. So if you have strong feelings about it and want to share your thoughts, please feel welcome to do so. Again, you can do that by reaching out to us at salemhealth.org slash check, or you can call us at 503-814-814. 2432 or 503-814-CHECK. With that, let us begin.
Check Yourself, a health and wellness podcast aimed at helping you create your best life. Okay, so I'm here with Andrea Shown. Hi, Andrea. Hey, Leah. How are you? I'm great. Do you think it's because, I mean, as we're recording this, we're just in the new year. Does the new year have any bearing into why the answer was great? I'm just curious. Yeah, I have always kind of loved the new year and it's a symbol of starting fresh and for whatever reason I don't always set resolutions but I think it just gives me a chance to look over or look forward to what I want to accomplish and you know what do I who do I want to be this year Mm, I like that well why don't we start because you just said who I want to be this year. So then why don't we launch right into who you are right now? <laughs> um, Love it. Yeah. So <laughs> I set myself up for that, didn't I? You totally did. I'm just like, yes. Um, <laughs> so why don't we start, maybe give a little bit of background about you and how you landed in health educatorville. Yeah. Yeah. So I am a health educator here at the Community Health Education Center. And you know, I, I really do believe that your life, the choices that you make, sometimes we don't know where they're going to lead us, but they do lead us to, you know, where we need to be. And because I actually started out after high school, going into college as a music major and had mm-hmm. no idea about, you know, this health education world, but I've always really been interested in, you know, like how our brain works and psychology. So after realizing that music probably wasn't in my future as a career, I had really enjoyed my psychology classes and switched my major. And so I do have my degree in psychology. And then, you know, after after college, it really did take me some time to find a job. It was like not necessarily this like quick transition into my dream career, it took me a little bit of time. And I say that because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that struggle with finding where they belong as far as work. And so, yeah, I, I went through a couple different jobs and mostly around like volunteer management. And just one thing led to another. I had some things happen with my health that, you know, just really opened my eyes to a different world of I can empower myself to take care of myself. And so I got my holistic health coaching certification. And then one thing led to another and here I am. And it's just really a dream career that I didn't know I had. That is so cool. Okay, I have some questions that, and I swear we will get to, the topic was supposed to be about holistic health education, but we'll get there. (laughs) Um, No, sorry, holistic health, wait, man, anyway, we'll get there. Yes, yeah. And what overlap do you see between music and psychology, if any? Yeah, I think there's a ton of overlap, actually. I'm glad that you point that out, because as I was saying that, I'm like, you know what, there actually is a lot of tie with you know, mm-hmm. just self-care and um, just really taking care of ourselves and music can really go into health. 
And I mean, everybody out there, you know, that you ask them, you know, what kind of music do you like? And most everybody has an answer to that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I like to listen to music to get excited or work out or, you know, there's all kinds of different reasons we listen to listen to music and that can really lend to stress management. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think that stress management also equals, you know, this topic that we're going to be talking about, like it's a whole section that is really becoming more of a conversation, but it's, it's a whole leg in the chair of, you know, being healthy. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if how I would have survived 2020 without music. So. <laughs> I <hear> yes. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I love how you said that you, your private sort of health journey was part of what led you into becoming a health educator in a more formal sense. You don't feel like you have to, but is what, if anything, do you think would be something you'd want to share that was sort of a pivotal point where you thought, wow, this thing that I'm doing, wouldn't it be great if I could contribute to someone else doing the same thing? Like, what was it that you was the catalyst in that, if anything? Yeah, well, I'm sure this will come up in future episodes with Leah because she's so phenomenal about uh, explaining, you know, being a highly sensitive person. And that's some, something that I've discovered I am. And with that, I think, you know, rewind to when I was first getting into health mm-hmm. and I didn't know that. And <clears throat> I really struggled a lot with like depression and anxiety. And to be honest, that's still something that I work on every single day. And I think I was at a point in my life that I just didn't have the tools to to deal with some of that. And mm-hmm. so that really led me to um, really, I guess I had a friend, I'm thinking over this as we're talking, I haven't thought about this in a while. I had a friend who was um, hosting actually a uh, weight loss almost competition. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm ready sign me up. Let's do this. And I had a really good experience from that. And then it just kind of kept spiraling into, I want to learn more and I want to learn more. And yeah, I just feel like when I think about where I'm at now, like what a huge blessing it is to have had those tough experiences to lead me to where I'm at now and being able to like have this great team that I'm a part of and being able to have access to helping people with their health journey. That's awesome. Well, so you mentioned the program that you entered into. What was that program like? What what was involved in it? Yeah, so it was pretty regimented about, um, you know, we just, we, we made some goals and they were very specific. They had to do with drinking water cutting out sugar, um, taking, you know, some supplements and, you know, and exercise. I mean, there was all these different things that we had to do every day. Mm -hmm. And it really was about changing our behaviors around certain things, but having something to look forward to. So for this specific one that I did, Mm -hmm. we all pitched in like 20 bucks, I think, into this, this pot of 
you know, at the end of this competition, whoever had had the biggest success won the pot of money. So for me, who's super competitive, that was really good for me. (laughs) And it also was like, I can tend to just like waffle through life if I'm not careful. And so having those check marks, it was like a literal list that I put on my fridge and I would check off every day. Mm. I did this, I did this, I did this. So that for me was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I saw some really quick change, which at the time for me was, it was really beneficial. Mm. So not saying that everybody needs to do something like that, but Mm. it, at the time in my life where I was at, it was super beneficial for just seeing some quick change and getting, getting excited about, oh, I have the power to change some things in my life. I don't have to waffle through life all the time. (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was definitely a good starting point. That's great. And it's what's neat too. So in the last episode, uh, I spoke with Alyssa about smart skills and the whole concept about it is that when you're trying to make a change in your life, you want to sort of create an ecosystem that will support you in that endeavor. And it's sounds like this was one program just as an example. And this can uh-huh. happen in any field. Like you, you can have programming around weight management, you know, eating more vegetables, meditation, getting uh-huh. better sleep. I mean, you name the thing, but regardless of what it is you're trying to change, are there specific goals? Are you measuring your progress? Are you arranging your environment? Do you, did you recruit support? Uh, did you treat yourself? Not just for yeah. the action or not for the outcome, but for the actual behavior itself. And you just basically had all of that. It was sort of built in. So you uh-huh. talked about like, it was really specific. I wasn't waffling and yeah. they provided you tools so that you could track and it had all of the pieces. So what was your favorite part about, and you don't have to, again, it's not about that program per se, but what was your favorite yeah. part about being in any kind of a program like that? Um, you know, I am a huge advocate for community Mm. and it's so much easier to do any kind of goal. Like you were saying, whatever you're working on in your life and whatever change you want to see, it's so much easier to do it with people. Um, and I'm also a huge advocate for when you have a goal, speaking it out. And so when you have somebody doing it with you or many people doing it with you if you have those people that have heard you say it and can hold you accountable so I mean I will admit I am a people pleaser and so it really does help me to have people that I'm going through any goal with so that I can you know talk to them about it maybe it's even just processing like is this a good goal Mm -hmm. or what do I need to do because we all have blind spots as to what is holding us back in certain areas. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's nice. And sometimes it's hard. It is really hard to step out of your comfort zone and, and look inward as to why we have these behaviors that we are continually doing. And sometimes it's, it's okay. It's a good thing. And then I do believe also that seasons, like there's seasons for everything. So, yeah. um, yeah, I would say community is a huge part of of health too. So, 
Yeah. And I, and you didn't speak to it directly, but you alluded to it. Cause I, I know for me, it's, it's one thing, one of the challenges is knowing what is the thing I have to change. So weight management is a really perfect example. How do we define health and to what extent does weight management factor into that equation? Cause there's so many opinions on it. There's, you have some folks who are adamant about the fact that honestly, if you really want to make any kind of progress in your health goals, weight management needs to be a part of that. And the kinds of people who say that are generally uh, those who work with a lot of diabetics or maybe people who have uh, high rates of heart disease. I know sleep apnea is another big one. So you have people who are saying, no, I'm, I'm seeing the data when people lose weight, these things improve. But at the same time, there's plenty of research that will say exactly the opposite, that if you make weight the primary focus of any kind of a health program, you're going to make yourself miserable and neurotic and the weight loss isn't in and of itself the thing that helps, it's the behaviors that are correlated with weight loss. So whether or not the weight comes off. Did you eat your vegetables? Did you drink your water? Did you exercise? Did you do all of these things? Yeah. So when, when you were in that program, mm-hmm. what do you think were the behaviors that made the biggest impact on you? And well, we'll start there. What do you think there were the behaviors that had the biggest impact? If you can pick a few. That's a great question. Um, I think the biggest behaviors that still hold true today I mean they were all great but I think about like drinking half your weight and body or half your body weight in ounces of water like that's a big thing to do Mm -hmm. but the change that you see just by adding in something as simple as water um that's huge and that's that's a really for some reason to me that's a really simple goal to make it might not be easy but it's simple Mm -hmm. So we can go down the hall and fill up our water bottle and, you know, drink our water every day. Whereas like meal planning, that's a little bit tougher for some of us. Like you actually have to, you know, look up a recipe and get the ingredients and then cook it and then clean up your mess. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, there's, that is, I mean, that's something that's very important too in my life is like creating habits. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm talking myself through this as I'm thinking, I'm like, what was the thing that stuck with me? But yeah, creating habits is huge too, because I'm not a very habitual person Mm -hmm. by nature. So, um, I think even just like coming to a place where I was like, habits are good. Yes. I don't know if anybody else out there can relate, but I tend to like internally, I have this fight in my head about like creating habits because I'm like, no, I'm this creative person. And if I create habits, it's going to make me less creative when actually it's probably the opposite, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely a balance. I think, I want to say it was Obama. I I think he said he only had like two suits or, or two colors of suit or two. It was a very simple wardrobe. And when he was asked about it and he said, I have to make so many executive decisions, literally executive decisions in my day I can't like there's only so much bandwidth I've got for that decision maker part of my brain to work 
this needs to not be one of them. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yeah, kind of clear some space so that you don't have to think about. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I love in what's neat too. So in the, you know, we have developed a program at the check here and the goal is for it to be a holistic weight management program. And it's the goal is to sit right at the intersection of, on the one hand, providing the tools for someone who's interested in managing their weight, whatever that means to them. There are some people who actually come in and I've heard come in and say, I, my, my issue is I'm, I don't weigh enough. How do I gain? Uh, all the weight on the other end where there might be some who say, I, I know this isn't my ideal weight and I know that that's having an impact on my health and I want that to change. So on the one hand, I know that there are behavioral tools that are that will help with managing weight, but the, the goal is for that to be at the intersection of both longevity as well as well be like mental well-being. So is there stuff that sits at the centerpiece that would count for this will help me physically, this will not drive me crazy, like it'll help me mentally, <laughs> and um, and it will maybe even improve my longevity in a real like authentic way. Yeah. And uh, the first thing that we put in there is drinking more water. And even if I'm working with private clients on this, you know, the, the tendency is for them to say like, water, gross. I mean, not gross, but really <laughs> that's... Like that seems too simple. It's yes. like that phrase that's too good to be true almost. Yeah, and what I have to constantly, maybe not constantly explain, that sounds like I'm talking down to people, but what I'm, maybe justify, I'm trying to justify it and ex- and explain it in a way that makes more sense, because it really is true that when we drink more water, all these other things sort of, number one, it's a really easy thing to make a habit, because it's not like food. Food is, well, you need to at least eat this much, but you can't eat that much, so you have to make sure you're in this sweet spot of a zone, and then on top of that, by the way, not only do you have to focus on the quantity, but the quality, make sure you're eating these foods. And then beyond that still, make sure you've prepared these foods in advance so that you can eat between these hours. Mm-hmm. It, it can get overwhelming really quickly. Yes. And it's not a very good starting point, in my opinion. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. too intense. <laughs> Whereas water, you, there is an amount of water you can overdrink. I'm sure of it. But I don't know anyone who's ever reached it. And I've worked with, no, like I've, I've worked in medical weight management programs where people were drinking absurd quantities of water and I have yet to see any of their electrolytes actually shift. It can happen, but it's a lot less easy to do that with water than it is to do it with any number of other behavior changes. So it's like, on the one hand, there's the logistical part. You're building a habit and it sort of flexes that muscle but it also sets you up so that you're super well hydrated. And I know too that with medical weight management, a lot of the people that were in, participated were so sure it was the product. They were just, their skin, I kid you not, was glowing after hmm. a few weeks. And I'm sure some of it was really just, they had kicked some of the foods that weren't serving them very well out. And they though were thinking, not only was it that, but these magical, amazing protein <laughs> products and I was just, I, con- I, I basically would burst their bubble and say, I honestly think it's that you're drinking so much water that you're feeling what it's like to be actually hydrated for the first time yeah. in a long time. And then it helps with energy. Generally, people who are hydrated feel better. They drink less coffee, which means less anxiety. 
and then less anxiety means more happiness and it spirals into this really great spot so it's like it seems really simple but you make this one change and it seems to have this ripple effect across the board yeah and I love that you said you're starting out with that because no one can or I should probably say not many people can argue about the benefits of water (laughs) you know it's just like it's kind of one of those black and white things that yep (laughs) our bodies are made up of a lot of water and we need it so drink it (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and it's also nice because the side effects aren't really that intense you know side effects may include frequent peeing (laughs) which I mean can be a bit awkward when we're now on all these zoom meetings and you're like (laughs) hold on hold on (laughs) yes Uh, yeah but just like our we had a meeting today and that was a perfect example I I had dutifully had I think about a liter of water before I we had gone into that meeting and that was um I'm sure very good for my physical health but not good for my mental health when we were reaching (laughs) the two-hour mark for sure well that's a good question Leah what do you tell people when they're like somebody who goes from drinking like a couple swallows of water a day to like, you know, you have to incorporate all this water into your, into your daily routine. What do you tell them? What are some tips that you give them? Uh, it depends on the rigor of like, if you're, are you in a, a program in a community? Is this like a real challenge? Are we doing the thing? It, then I might be more inclined to sort of say, you've got this and you're going to pee your little bladder out, but it'll be worth <laughs> it. And you're and most people are okay with that if they've signed up for that. But if I'm coaching someone one-on-one and I'm not trying to get through through a very specific amount of time, I generally, it's like, start with where you are. And if you're drinking two cups of water a day, move from two to three. And then once you get that down, three to four. Um, and then, but there are lots of people who don't even like water. That's, they'll say ew gross and so then it comes down to well maybe try herbal tea in the winter time or maybe try infusing your water with slices of fruit like glam it up a little bit Uh, so it really depends what I tell them will depend a great deal on what their grievance is coming in if they have one so if they're saying I can't imagine drinking that much water um, you know it's sort of walking people through well what's a specific goal you could set around water? Mm. How are you going to measure that? How can you arrange your world so that that's going to be more likely to actually happen? For some people, it's buying a really pretty bottle of like so that they can fill it with water. Um, you know, who are you going to recruit for support? If you're in a program, that's great because you already have the support built in. But And then having some means of rewarding your efforts. And then so it really doesn't matter whether it's one cup that you're starting with or eight or what have you, it's always going to boil back down to, do you have an ecosystem that's built up to support you? Great. What is the thing you want to focus on that you then need the support in getting that done? We're talking. I'm suddenly getting thirsty. (laughs) So I'm just going to take a drink of water really quick. (laughs) I know. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) And... You know, I love what you were saying, too, about, you know, the your interest in stress and Uh mental well-being. I'm wondering, do you see any intersection between the kinds of behaviors that help with weight management help with I have in quotation marks, like the kinds of behaviors that are associated with weight management 
and the kinds of behaviors that are associated with a happier person. Are there any that you can think of that have actually worked for you? Like behaviors that you're just like, yeah, there's a few. Like there's this one behavior that when I do it, it helps me in both of these areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the thought of the thought, <laughs> no pun intended, um, of just practicing positive thinking, because mm-hmm. that is something that I have to be super intentional about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool to just see you know, there's studies that have been coming out about you can actually regrow your brain by just simply thinking positive thoughts. And that can equate to, you know, I believe in myself and I know that I can do this and, you know, I'm worth it. And then that empowers you to, you know, go into this, you know, weight management program that you've been talking about or whatever you're doing around health. I mean, it, it will drive you to figure out why you're doing it. And, and also just to not beat yourself up. Cause I know that there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of, you know, just, I would say shame, like that's a big topic around, you know, weight management and even mental health. I think a lot of us feel like it's our fault that we are this way. And, you know, just changing the language around that can to maybe like, it's not, it's not my fault to, or it is my fault to saying instead, you know, I love myself the way I am. And how can I also add more value to who I am now? So I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of, like you were saying with the water, when you start drinking water, it, it allows you to feel better. And then it might help you to, you know, lose weight if you need to, or, um, I mean, it's just this, this, this cascade of positive positiveness that that comes from thinking positive thoughts. So I hope that made sense. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, and especially because, you know, when you had said not making it about shame and really making it about, no, I love myself and I want to do things that say, I love you to myself. What is that going to look like? And I want to say too, like sometimes you might not believe that at first, Mm. you might just have to say it quite a few times in order for you to believe it Uh and that's okay. And I think coming from somebody who's like really all about being authentic too, like sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to tell myself that because I don't believe it. But the more you tell yourself that, the more you believe it. So it's almost this like counterintuitive thinking that we have to get past. And so that can be too with, you know, whatever goal we have set before us, those smart goals that you guys talked about, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to affirm yourself in order to believe it. Yep. And, you know, in my mind, I'm also thinking of, uh, again, we had talked about this in the last episode, the IMB model. So anytime you're trying to make a change, you need some amount of information, the information that'll get you, like, what is the thing I need to do? That's the information. Mm -hmm. So insert behavior here. 
And then there's motivation. Like, well, what is your why? What's in it for you? What are you excited about? What's going to pull you across the finish line? And then there's the behavioral skills. And you need to have all three. Otherwise, it's no, like, it's a no-go. No dice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when, I'm, when I've done weight management programs, so the one that we're doing now, just as an example, so it's 12 weeks long for the first part, and then it's, we're covering the overview, like what are the behaviors that are linked with mental health, uh, physical health and longevity, as well as weight management. And, you know, because you can get on a fad diet, and that'll have maybe help you lose weight, but it's sure as heck not going to help you with mental well-being <laughs> or longevity, probably, depending mm-hmm. on the diet. I mean, maybe there's some mythical diet out there that helps the longevity <laughs> other than eat more vegetables. <laughs> um, and then the next one is sort of, okay, so let's talk about the skills. Let's put down the foundation. And then it's talking about um, nutrition. And then we go into exercise. And in the nutrition camp, it's also not just the what, but the how, like intuitive eating. And then it's like mindfulness-based exercises that are intended to help support all of these big changes you're making. And then sleep, because sleep is such a huge piece of so many aspects of health, including weight management. So you've got all of those down. And let's say someone gets in and they're just like, yes, I'm going to do this thing. I'm stoked. I'm going to lose some weight. It'll be great. The challenge that I'm always... I happen to know enough about weight management that I think it's, I don't know if the stats are still the same precisely, but I think it's nine, up above 90% of people who try and lose weight and who succeed often gain the weight back plus extra. And what we love to do as a culture is shame those people and say, well, you just didn't have enough willpower. You didn't mm-hmm. care enough. You didn't want it badly enough. And when you're talking 90 to plus percent, first of all, anything that's in the shaming arena there, no, like if you've got 90 plus percent of people with the same results, you have to go back and look at what's in the water to use that as an analogy. Like that's not a question of people being unwilling or unmotivated. It's just hard when you're trying, if you, if the goal is to lose weight and keep it off, as soon as losing weight is relatively, I want, I don't want to say easy, but it's easier to lose the weight. The hardest part is keeping it off because your metabolism slows down, you start producing more ghrelin, so then you're hungrier, and then now you're hungrier for more food and you're storing a greater percentage of the food you eat. So obviously the combination of those two things leads to a person who would gain the weight back, even when they're trying with all of their might, with nails clawing at the cliff face trying to keep doing what they're supposed to quote unquote be doing and so when people come to me and they say okay so I really want to do this I often spend a good chunk of my time trying to talk them out of it (laughs) Um, and I'll say like what is really in it for you what is the thing that's getting you know because some people have really good reasons they'll say no you don't understand I used to love hiking and biking and doing and I've got a lot of pain in my knees and I'm looking into surgery as a potential option. I don't know, but I, I'm like I'm, I know that I've gained a lot of weight. I think that extra weight has aggravated my knee, and if I were to get surgery, I don't know that I would recover as quickly if I had this much weight that was pressed on it. I know that for my body type, when I was at X weight, when I was living X Y Z life, mm-hmm. I felt better. Everything was great. Well, that tells me not only that they've got a 
they're really clear on their why. But the things that are inherent, that are required to maintain their loss, if you will, is the very thing they're hoping to do more of. Like that's the perfect case scenario. When someone says, I would love to exercise more, but I'm physically in pain. I'm hoping this might help. I want to explore weight loss as an option Uh just to see. That's all about the mental space. And that's coming, that's not a running away from, you're, you're running towards something. It's not a conversation about what is it that I'm going to lose? It's a conversation about what do I have to gain? Yes. So I love that. It's like the, the abundance mindset that you, like you just said, what, what can I gain from this? And then truthfully, I mean, do you, do you find that people that go through this, you know, whether they real they want to lose weight, maybe that's their first goal, but maybe they end up finding it's actually more about loving who I am and figuring out, you know, what is health for me do you find that a lot yes um i love weight management as a really good metaphor to talk more instead of it being about how do i deprive myself of the foods that i love because that's awful but it's more like when you go into your closet space and there are clothes you haven't worn (laughs) for years and you go huh well this is now just taking up room I don't actually need this thing and it's detracting from the quality that is my living space and how good it feels when you finally take it off the hanger and you put it in the bag and you've got the bag in the garage and you're well now it's going to be in the garage for a while because Goodwill isn't taking any donations due to COVID but how good that feels you feel lighter you feel like there's more space and the same kinds of conversations can be had about food and movement and umbrellaed even underneath something like weight management, where you start getting, having thoughts like, well, wait, am I eating this because I'm actually hungry? Okay, if we get to there, yeah, I'm definitely really hungry. But am I eating this specific thing because this is what I want? Or am I just eating it because I'm trying to comfort something else? Am I eating this thing because, you know, how am I gonna feel after I eat this thing? Am I going to have more energy when I'm finished than when I sat down or less? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it becomes more a question of, like, what do you want to make room for? And being really intentional, not shaming. So just like you would never shame yourself when you're going through your closet. Like, that's dumb. You go through your closet and you pull out a shirt and maybe you chuckle, you know, like, oh, my God, I haven't worn this shirt in (laughs) ages. Can you remember this? one time it was such a fashion mistake but it's funny like you're not going like oh this is so awful I can't believe I'm such a bad person that I keep this in my closet that's not how we do it and that's that's what it really should be about when talking about self-monitoring around food and movement Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be wow I'm such a lazy bum because I didn't exercise today it's more about wow I feel so good when I move how do I make room for that? Yeah. And it changes our brain chemistry too, to think about it in that way, rather than like mm-hmm. what you said before of, man, I am such a lazy quote unquote bum for, for not moving today. But when you think about it as like in the smart goals, like treating yourself, like maybe that person that liked to hike and they can't hike anymore because their knee hurts and it's just this you know 
we all go through that. We all go through things in our lives where, I mean, just take 2020 for an example. It's been a really hard year. And I think that that is one thing that I love about 2020. I just stop myself there as I did. Do I really love this? Um, Did I put love in 2020 in the same sentence? Um, Is that it's kind of brought us all together and let us be on an even playing field as far as like, oh my gosh, this was a really hard year, but everybody had a hard year. So there was like, there's no shame around the things that we did in 2020 because we were all in it together. And so, yeah, I just think that I don't even remember where I started on this (laughs) thought (laughs) process, but obviously I feel really passionate about it, but it's, I think, I would love to know more about, you know, this holistic weight management program that you keep referencing (laughs) and how do I, how do I sign up? How do I become a part of this community of people that are, you know, wanting to better themselves? Absolutely. So the program's in two parts. Part one is the 12 week rigorous part. And in that section, the idea, it's, it's an attempt at being rigorous enough and directive enough so that if people adopt the changes, they will see actual changes in their, like their daily lives. They'll see some traction in energy uh, and their evidence-based changes. So as an example, in that 12 weeks, for weeks one and two, it's drink th- three to four liters of water a day, three for women, closer to four for men. Um, Or else you can also use the take your weight in pounds, divide that number by two. That's the number of ounces you want to shoot for. It just so happens that for a lot of people, it ends up being somewhere between three to four liters. Um, So to make it simpler, kachinga. So it's like we talk about, well, what are the behaviors that are at the intersection of happiness, longevity, and weight management? Drinking more water is one of them because when you drink more water, you have more energy. And when you have more energy, you don't need as much caffeine. If you don't drink as much caffeine, you won't be as anxious. If you're not drinking as much caffeine and you're not as anxious, then you're probably gonna get better sleep. If you have better sleep, and so on. Yes. And then the next week we talk about having an ecosystem. So it's kind of like the the smart skills, except I call it building a strong plan. So it's, you know, specific goal. Are you tracking your progress? Are you rewarding the actions, not the outcomes. That's huge. A lot of people only want to reward sort of like in uh, like weight loss programs that the person who loses the most weight gets the reward. Um, If you want to make the behavior sustainable, it's great to have that. There's nothing wrong with rewarding outcomes, but you want to reward the actual actions themselves. And then do you have, uh, have you organized your environment so that it's easy to do the thing? Like, did you buy a bottle of water? Do you have something close to you? Uh, do you have a means of tracking it? Uh, that sort of stuff. Do you have, like, the next one is nourishment. So unlike with just smart skills, I wanted to make sure that there was a piece that talks specifically about nourishing your body with healthy food and healthy experiences. Because if all you do is look at the calories or how much you're eating or how much water, that's not quite enough. Um, and then G is uh, getting support. And so the support is supposed to be the support of the classroom. And so once a week, every week, 12 weeks long, 
same bat time, same bat channel. Folks are virtually calling it now because COVID. <laughs> so, but ultimately we want it to be an in-person enterprise. And so that's week two. Then week three and four, we're, we do deep dives into nutrition and then the food and mood connection. Five and six, now we're talking more about exercise. Seven and eight, we're talking more about mindfulness-based activities that help support your endeavors in the realms of food and movement. And then finally, we talk about sleep and the importance of prioritizing our sleep. Uh, sort of like Ariana Huffington did a TED Talk called Sleep Your Way to the Top, which I thought was great and it really does wonder. So at any rate, at the end of the 12 weeks, so it's like weeks one and two, the homework assignment is just drink more water. Then three and four, it's keep doing the water. Now, eat. So you add things in each week. Exactly. So it, the idea is to kind of fold it in. So it's like all right, you get two solid weeks where all you have to do is drink water. And then three and weeks three and four, now you've got two weeks to do that, plus eat six servings of fruits and vegetables. At least four of those have to be vegetables. I don't care what else you eat. Not I mean doesn't matter. I don't care if you had uh, two cups of broccoli and a chocolate chip cookie. I just want to know, did you eat the two cups of broccoli? <laughs> like, and then now after that, it's if you bite it, write it, which the intention, it doesn't have to be a calorie writing down process. It's just write down what you eat. And if at all possible, take a minute to say, how did you feel before and after eating the thing? You can do it with pictures, you can do it with an app, you can do it on the workbook that we get when you sign up for the class, whatever works for you. But the idea is in taking the time to write down what you eat or record it in some way, it slows you down enough so that it facilitates more discernment. Do I actually wanna eat this thing? Do I wanna take a picture of this thing that I'm about to eat? Yes or no? And I, there was someone in one of my previous classes that I just loved. She said, I have a rule about food and either has to be nutritious or delicious. And, and she said, I've for craft macaroni and cheese isn't either of those. I mean, it's good, but it's not delicious. However, my mom's recipe for homemade mac and cheese. Yeah, I don't care how many calories are in that. It is delicious. Sign um, me up. Yes. <laughs> so it's so it's not about shaming. It's about going into your closet and asking. Yeah. What do I want to keep Defo in my closet? Making some definitions of what that means. Definitions of. And then of, following that. Yeah, exactly. Of, of nutrition or delicious. Nutritious or delicious. What does that mean? Uh -oh. And then following your own advice. Exactly. Because, <laughs> and again, for the 12 weeks of the program, we're being pretty, you know, a directive in the sense that, okay, did you drink your water? Did you eat your vegetables? Are you writing down what you eat? And then that's supposed to help you come up with those decisions. Like maybe, for example, you notice that when you eat a lot of bread, you want to take a nap afterward. But maybe you love bread so much that you there are certain days of the week where you're just like, I don't care. I know I'm going to be so tired and basically useless after I'm done, but worth it. Great. But at least yeah. you have the data so that you know that that's what to expect, as opposed to not really knowing that connection and then being sideswiped anytime that you feel like you're in a food coma. Yeah, man, these, all these things sound like it's the perfect timing because mm -hmm. like we went back, going back to the beginning of the episode and talking about the new year and mm -hmm. just sometimes that means a clean slate and setting goals. And I know 
just from doing my own research, some of these programs cost a lot of money. So is there a cost involved if I do want to sign up? Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, $99 and it's a flat oh. rate. So you sign up, you pay the $99 and that gives you access to the 12 weeks, the workbook. There is also, and that brings us to the fact that there's a part two of the program. You get mm. unlimited access to like a, a lifestyle support program. So there's some education in the support part of it. It's not like we just say, and now you give us your name and what's your favorite color? And it's, <laughs> you know, you, it's, there is some information that's still gonna be given because the research on weight management continues to evolve. And it may even evolve to the point where we all, the whole medical industry says, meh, we shouldn't even be focusing on weight. That's fine too, but we want to be able to have that evidence in hand to be able to give as we see it. And so that information is still going to trickle in, but the focus is on people now developing all their own goals. It's like, so you've had an experience of 12 weeks where someone is basically telling you, like a drill sergeant, it's the boot camp version <laughs> of these are the uh -huh. things we want you to be able to do in the next 12 weeks. Now at the end of that, which of them were most valuable to you? Which ones do you want to keep? Maybe some you let go of, like maybe you discover drinking water was huge, but you didn't love having to write down everything you ate and you didn't find it to be helpful. Like it didn't facilitate any changes. You'd rather just eat more vegetables, drink more water. Great, that's up to you. But at least you had 12 weeks where someone was really giving you the directive so that you can get some data. And then in that second part, you get, again, it's lifetime of support. So for as long as the program is in existence, you get access to ongoing support. That's awesome. And for $99, that doesn't sound like a lot to me. It sounds like they're getting a lot of information, mm -hmm. a lot of education and a lot of support. So, and I would imagine too, if you go through this program with people, you probably become friends with some of them and you want to continue to support each other. So how cool that they get uh, like a part two <laughs> of this weight management and a support group that's really cool yeah at least that is the hope and as with most things when it's a when it's brand spanking new we have lots of lofty ideals uh and one of the great parts if you do decide you want to join the program is on some level you get to be a part of building the ship because mm. feedback especially at this new stage will be treated with a very high degree of <laughs> like i wouldn't say pedestal status but we absolutely are hungry for feedback so it's you know, if you're willing to be a part of it, it kind of adds a little bit of an incentive. Love it. Well, thanks, Leah. Um, how does one go about finding how to sign up? So you would go to our website. So that's www.salemhealth.org slash check, C-H-E-C. And then when you click the classes icon, it will open up all of our a smorgasbord of classes and mm -hmm. holistic weight management is among them. Um, our next cohort starts in January, so January 7th, just a couple days away. And then we'll be having these cohorts starting all throughout the year though. So if, you know, if right now you're, you're, you're thinking, you know, wind blown hair, like <laughs> I just made it through 2020, <laughs> please no. 
<laughs> not yet. <laughs> My goal today is to get up. <laughs> yes, I got up today. I made yeah. it. I adulted. Don't ask anything more of me yes. right now. <laughs> that is a perfectly appropriate response. And there will be uh, other opportunities to register. But if this is a good time and if you're feeling charged up because you're maybe feeling hopeful and you feel like you've got some bandwidth because it's a brand spanking new year, uh, it's a great time. Awesome. Well, this has been really fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on yeah. and for uh, sharing your experience and your wisdom. Um, it's always a treasure. Oh, thanks, Leah. Right back at you. Thank you all. Wonderful. Well, then, uh, I think that about sums it up. Is there anything that you would want to say to people before we close? Just, you know, don't forget to treat yourself like you would treat your best friend because we are all in it together and that can make a huge impact on on your day so something i'm working on too <laughs> beautifully said <laughs> thanks so much andrea appreciate it yeah <laughs> take care all right talk to you later bye